Welcome to Side Talks Podcast. You're, you're, you, wait, you want me to continue that song yeah, that you just, just made up? Or, or you could make up your own song. No. I like the sound of the air fryer in the background. That's, That's good. what's it's really the, working It's the ambiance for this live podcast recording. What's going on back there, J-Matt? We got some cauliflower breadsticks coming out or what? If that sounds good to you and you're listening to this after the fact, come to the Sidewalk Cinema and get some cauliflower breadsticks. See a movie. Cauliflower sizzling breadsticks. That's right. I'm Rachel Morgan, and you're listening to Side Talks. Who are you? I'm Corey Kraft. They just showed your wife, Nicole Kidman, on the screen behind you just as you introduced yourself. Oh, cease and desist, Corey. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Let's start. Once this shit... Okay. Everybody's ears okay? Sorry. All right. You have to explain the nature of this segment to those amongst our live audience who may not. Um, uh, Not everybody here probably listens religiously to the podcast like you should. But basically, this segment evolved. A segment called What's the Shit evolved out of my trips, my my former trips, as you can probably tell, to the gym. Back in the day, I went to the Gold's Gym out down 280 where they had a cardio cinema. And I would just happen upon some of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life and what they called that cardio cinema. Um, and on the treadmill, it would just be something playing. And I can always bring this sort of moment or two I've seen in the film into Corey, and he would be able to somehow guess it because his brain is crazy normal. when it comes it's to normal and good to uh, to cinematic knowledge, if you will. And so I have uh, now, you know, sort of stopped going to the gym. Sad. Actually, I still go sometimes, but they no longer have the cardio cinema. The, the pandemic took it out. And so I just go seek out little terrible moments in films, and I bring them to Corey. And I'd say, what, Brad, what do you think ratio here? Corey's about 90%. About 90%. I'm not very good at anything else. So we'll, um, that's not true. That's not true. This is the only that's thing I'm good at. Uh, you're good at kicking trash cans. That's too. true. I, so, I, I nailed that. Um, I'm going to mention a film, some describe a film right now. Little, just actually, this one you're going to have to get quick. Okay. I know the Oscars are calling your name. This I know little baby Kenneth Branagh from the. This little Kenneth small Branagh child movie. from Belfast is catching your eye like a sparkling diamond. Yeah. But please, if you would stay with me. Let me, I'll, um, I'll have to focus. Okay. Yes, focus, please. Because I've only got about 30 or 45 seconds for you here. But oh, I think boy. you're going to get it so quick. Okay. So we have a, a, a situation room. Okay. A situation right. room. Jeremy already knows it. A situation room. And at the end of a table is the president of the U.S., okay. which isn't necessarily spoken, okay? But we know it's the president. He looks like a man. Okay. okay. And up to his neck is a machete. He's being threatened. And on the other end of the table is a very serious actor, older actor, gentleman, who's looking very serious. What the? What, and um, so this president of the United States is being threatened by this machete. He's going to... He's gonna. Am I getting this right? No. What 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 am I missing? Oh, the president's on video. I couldn't tell that because literally, that's by the way my 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 finance is here, and uh, and she was showing this to me while I was driving, so I couldn't <laughs> tell the the nuances of the uh, of the of what was happening. But he's on, being shown on video with a machete up to his neck, and the, I guess the the other person, the serious. Oh, yeah. okay. I know what this is. Okay. This is Olympus has fallen. Is it? London has fallen. London has fallen. Okay. Yeah. It's you got it. Accurate. I didn't get it. I said the first one. The Olympus. Has no, fallen. you got it. Without even knowing that the president is, is played by Aaron Eckhart. And um, and the serious actor man I was talking about is. I mean, is it Morgan Freeman? It's Morgan Freeman. 
who's the vice president, I guess. Because he becomes yeah. the president in the third film, Angel Has Fallen. You're, you're kidding me right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. Wow. Is this bad movie night bad? No, it's kind of just boring movie night. Um, boring. Boring movie night. Not even Angel Has Fallen. I, those movies have some fans. I'm not among them. Okay. Well, you got it. But I mean, I'm so, I'm shocked that you're not also throwing out director and like runtime and all the other stuff you normally do. But not for these. Okay. <laughs> well, they they don't deserve it anyway. No, they're, I don't really like them very much. But Are you, you nodding because you like them? I'm talking to Jeremy. Oh, you know, you've clammed up now all of a sudden, huh? I've never seen them. Oh, okay. You're fine. Yeah. Know, they're whatever. Situation room, Jeremy. That's all you need to know. Melissa Leo is in one of those, or maybe two of them. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I mean, she needs just... a paycheck just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, well, she's better than that. She's been doing very little but those paychecks. I'll oh, tell you that. She's better than this. Anyway, you got it. You got it. Yeah, I'll count that as a win. Sure. Um, okay, we're going to try to get through this because Corey, as you can see, cannot keep his eyes off the red carpet. It's the red carpet of the Academy Awards. I'm so sorry. Let's get. Let's keep going here. Okay, guess what we're back to? What kind of dazzling music should we have for this? For the our countdown to the top three Oscar moments. Uh, the score from The Natural. What? It, what? It, what? Okay. Oh, okay. I, oh, it works. It works. I, I, we I'm all good, watch I'm the good. Academy Awards. That's what they play every damn year. That, that's fine. I'm just I'm the weirdo for pointing it out. That's great. Um, here's my number three, Corey. Okay. My number three, and maybe you can probably do this better than me. All right. So why don't we both try it? My number three is that really weird Travolta being Travolta, Travolta gonna Travolta <laughs> moment. Not the one where he smells Scarlett Johansson's neck, but um, but the one where he introduces the. Uh, Wiggly, what? How does he goes? Wiggly talented. And then Adele Mazzilla. Adele decision. <laughs> and just kind of drifts off. Yeah, maybe if I mumble the the name of the lady. The wickedly talented. He certainly pronounces that wickedly talented. Because she was in Wicked. Yeah, I know. On, on Broadway. I, I know, but the way he says yeah, it he makes could me remember that. But the name, not so much. Hurl. And that was that was when she was performing "Let It Go" from Frozen, right? It was. It was. Didn't throw her off. I hope being introduced as I think she lived through that just fine Scarlett Johansson however (laughs) was forced to marry someone based on that next Colin Jost she was forced to marry Colin Jost if you ever wonder why why she married married Colin Jost it's because of that moment he sprinkled some kind of you know disgusting magic powder on her neck that caused her to choose that jokester there's Josh Brolin. Oh, my God. We've got to get through this. Hey, I've got like 20% of his attention right now. There's right. Josh Brolin. My number... It's as if we were, we're, we're actually on the red carpet. And he's like, I could touch him. I could touch Josh Brolin. I was truly on the fence of whether I should swap that TV yet. Because I knew Corey would be distracted. You do realize, Sam, I can you made see a huge, it over a there huge anyway. mistake. It doesn't matter. I'm st- I could still watch it. My number four I uh, can, favorite Oscar I can see Oscar Josh moment. Brolin from 100 miles away. The sparkle in his <laughs> It's true. I can. Um, uh, it's when um, Jack Palance announced that Marissa Tomei won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for My Cousin Vinny, and for 20 years everybody was like, did senile old Jack Palance just make that up? Yeah. Seriously, that's a yeah. conspiracy theory. Until, like, I guess until Marissa Tomei proved that she was a really great actress and made a lot of other really great movies after that, but, uh, like Spider-Man No Way Home, for instance. Um <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, she she kind of won out of nowhere for a silly yeah. comedy, and uh, the Oscars don't tend to reward silly comedies, so everybody lost their minds and thought that Jack Palance just misread the winner, and the, that the Academy was too embarrassed to correct it. And um, that has, that film has an Alabama connection. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, I only saw it once. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure either a little bit of it was shot in Alabama or it was shot in Georgia for Alabama, which happened a lot before we had film incentives. Either way, there's some southern connections there. You'll hear from um, people who just like quote that movie from start to finish. It's like yeah, that, a beloved movie. That's not me. But you it's know what me surprises me is that there's another Jack Palance moment that people really love a lot that's the Academy related, the one arm push up, which yeah. was just madness. Sure. So he won um, for uh, City Slickers, which is also crazy. And then got up there and was like, I'm so, I'm, I'm old, but watch this. And the rest is history. Yeah, it sure is. Well, um, my number two, my, uh, look at him. Who is that? Who is that? Who is this person? Okay, relax. Um, number two, my number two is the, um, is the absolute shit show of a moment featuring Rob Lowe. And the, the Snow White dance. Yeah, yeah. The Snow White dance. Is anybody, hands, hands up if you've seen this. Okay. Am I wrong to put this at number two? No, it's it is very embarrassing. Incredibly embarrassing and incredibly long. It's like a six-minute like Snow White ballet with Rob Lowe singing, and it's absolutely terrible. Um, it looks like Disney exploded like in the worst way. Anyway, um, if you haven't seen it, because there were a lot of hands that didn't go up, do yourself a favor, and the next time you're feeling like you need to induce vomiting, please do a little Google search for Rob Lowe, Snow White, Oscars, and you will get more than you could ever imagine in the way of a run to the bathroom. Go ahead, Corey. Um, my number two is um, that time that in 2012, one of the sound categories was a tie between Zero Dark Thirty and Skyfall, and it was presented by a very lost-looking Mark Wahlberg, who said, seriously, you guys, it's a tie. And looked like he w- was absolutely resentful the whole time of having to be put in the position of having to explain that ties were possible and to be on stage a little longer than he wanted to be. I don't know. I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah, with that that's... one. But it is memorable and silly. And I just the look on Wahlberg's face has stuck with me for 10 years. Yeah, well, any, anytime, anytime you ask Marky Mark to present an award, I think that's, you know, that's going to make a list somewhere, right? Or remember Dustin when, Hoffman. Do you remember when Dustin Hoffman was asked to present awards anywhere at any time and showed yes. up completely loaded every single time? Yes, I do. Like presenting the Best Picture Award in 2004 to Million Dollar Baby, and he could barely talk. Yes, I do. It was up there with Streisand. It was great. Remember when Marky Mark used to just take his shirt off whenever he could? And wrap it around his neck. Not at the Academy Awards. As far I, as know. I know. I think that that was the only the only time he didn't do that. What's your favorite Oscar moment okay. of all time? My number one is actually pretty earnest. Okay. Okay. Well, no, it's actually truly earnest. Because I have one in mind. I'm not going to say that mine th- is the same one. Yours isn't going to be the same one. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, my number one favorite Academy Award moment ever is Michelle Williams' 2020 speech. Um, it, I rewatched it again in the car on my way here, and uh, and while it didn't have the same sort of impact that it had in the car drive, surprisingly from Oxford, Mississippi, um, the night that that it did air was um, election era, and it was you know uh, about it was really a very pro-choice sort of moment um, where she connected you know sort of the ability to have done the work that she's done. 
and to have been able to um, make the choices she's made. And that you're sort of, when you get an award, right, that you're getting an award not just for the performance you've just done or the work you've just done, but for everything that took you to that work, for the, the education, the time you spent, the research, and also the life choices you've made. And that she wouldn't have been able to sort of be up there on stage if she didn't have the freedom to choose when she was going to have her daughter, who she was mm. going to have her daughter with, and et cetera, et cetera. And was able to bring that around to the importance of choice. And it's a lovely Academy um, Award speech that sort so, of, yeah, it's like it's political, but at the same time, it's really connective to uh, to to what she's actually doing. So I appreciated that. And of course, it's Michelle Williams. Yeah, she's good. This is the same year, by the way, as uh, Ricky Gervais. Am I saying his name right? So wait a minute. Yeah. Are you talking about a Golden Globe speech? I thought that was Academy Awards, was it not? I don't know. I'm pretty sure we did a we did a we did a search for for because Ricky Gervais has never hosted the Oscars. Oh well, then maybe Oscars. it's maybe I've got that part wrong. But we did the search for the Oscar okay. speech for Michelle Williams. So um, we'll retract if I'm wrong. But okay. yeah, no. And I do think she actually did a lovely Golden Globe speech too. But I think it was a different speech. Hmm. Okay. Same year, I think. But we'll we'll figure it out. But the Ricky Gervais thing at, at the uh, Golden Globes is what mm-hmm. you said. Yeah, that would win every award. <laughs> every number six on this list if if it were applicable nice. in my opinion because nice. i really love when people rub you know yeah, everybody's you just, face and in, in some really uncomfortable moments right so what's your number one when parasite won it was cool and good <laughs> and jane fonda was like she knew how big of a deal it was and she just kind of you know laid it all out there and everybody lost their minds and i lost my mind yeah it was a fun it was, it was fun that was a fun was moment good. When Parasite won. I'm actually surprised that uh-huh. what didn't make your list, I bet would make Brad's list if he had a list, which would be um, Elliot Smith's wonderful performance so, in that really crinkly white suit and how strange and lovely that was. That probably would have made my list had I written one out. Because yeah. um, there's a really good book actually about that performance. Um, a music writer named Carl Wilson saw that because he was a big Elliot Smith fan. Yeah. And then... Um, Celine Dion won that year for My Heart Will Go On because, of course. So Carl Wilson writes one of those 33 and a third books about the Celine Dion record, It's All About Love, and used that Elliot Smith performance. He was like, I was so angry and I wanted to investigate you know, what, it, what it was about Celine Dion that uh, captured everybody's imagination. So he, wrote, he reevaluated the record through that lens and uh, wrote a pretty good, probably the best 33, 33 and a third book about it. It's really good. Where does so anyway. he land with the, in regards to Celine Dion? Um, she's great, and, and the song's great, and everything's great. I don't, oh. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, it's cheesy, right? Celine Dion. But I do love Titanic, as we've already established on this podcast. Yep. Remember when James Cameron won? He yep. was like, I'm the king of the world. And everyone was like, boo. Yep, I do. I <laughs> that do. Cool. Um, well, that that was, you know, really eventful landing there. Yeah, we killed so. it. Killed it with those six. You don't like the Oscars uh, very much, though, do you, in general? I can't wait until... You know what? The Oscars are boring. Mm. I'm so glad that everybody's here. That's why I like to watch it here, because I get to share with everybody here my moments of boredom. Um, yeah. I like I the Oscars. I know you do. I can I can tell, because you've barely been... I mean, you're going to have a neck like chiropractor visit tomorrow from your... There's your another stranger. screen over there, Rachel. Oh, don't worry about my posture. That. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, they're fine. I do. I will say there, there, there's always going to be some weirdness, and you don't know what's going when that's going to be, and that I do love. I love watching, you know, three hours when you know there's going to be two or three moments that are just going to be absolutely disastrous, and like, when are they going to happen? Where, where were you when the uh, when the moonlight 
debacle happened because we were sidewalk folks we were at rojo that night were you there i can't remember i think i was there for a little bit of it but then then you went went home home for the 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 end of it and um yeah we watched it at home because we were another one of our sponsors rojo um not for the podcast but for the festival in general and sort of laney and everybody at rojo lovely folks um so go there and eat a garden burger um but anyway uh we were there watching the academy awards there when that happened and i do remember everybody in the room being like oh my god this is crazy and it was it was very crazy so i do you know for for moments like those yes i'm fine with the academy awards Corey. i'm fine with it okay all right that's good That's this episode of Side Talks. Only one to go, y'all. So hang in there, okay? <laughs> and then we're going to do a trivia game after this, which does not affect you if you're listening to this after the fact. No, and you won't be able to win the prizes that other people in this room can win. So, haha. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you for listening to Side Talks. Who has a good duo for me? Anybody? Don't make us go with like Doritos and Fritos. <laughs> Got it. Go with so it. we're your own personal cinematic Sonic and Knuckles, though the actual cinematic Sonic and Knuckles coming to theaters on April eighth. Oh my God! That's you, right. You Sonic and Hedgehog Two. It's the second one. Did I see the first one in theaters before the pandemic? Yes, I did. Am Can I, I going to go see the second one promptly? Yes, I am. Because you know who's providing the voice of Knuckles? Do you know who's providing Bradley the voice Cooper of Knuckles? No, that would be all too appropriate. It's Idris Elba. Idris Elba is providing the voice of Knuckles. And Aziza Bazel. It's, it's a very deep voice like this, and he's a silly cartoon little red guy. So um, it's going to be great. Can we note that other than Josh Brolin, this is the most excited Corey's been all evening? Is about Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, and too, Knuckles. Yes. Okay. Um, thank you right. to Boutwell Studios. Thank you to Revelator Coffee, SidewalkFest.com. Girl, bye. I have nothing to add to that. Why would you? Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.